Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You know, I had a great front. Um, I thought their secondary was really, you know, talented and skilled. Um, so all around, I think their scheme was really, was really good too. So um, I do think it was one of the best defenses that I've seen, that our team has seen this year. Um, and obviously, you know, this week's going to be a great challenge with the front that, you know, Philadelphia has. So um, I thought it was a good game to have and, you know, to work through and learn from, um, you know, for this week's matchup. Three days away from Championship Sunday. Welcome back. We're Grant and Danny, and this is The Fan. Judy Batista is a columnist at NFL.com and a reporter for NFL Network and Inside the NFL. Does a great job covering the league. She's joining us on the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. Visit BetQL.com. We'll ask her about Brock Purdy. You just heard from coming in among some of the other stars of the weekend ahead. But, Judy, we actually here in D.C. wanted to start, if you don't mind, before we talk about championship weekend with what's going on with Dan Snyder. You've done a lot of reporting on this over the last several months. Things are kind of quiet right now. What's your read on the potential of a Dan Snyder sale and, and how the other owners and uh, the timing right now of everything getting quiet all factor into what's going to happen. Um, yeah, I think everybody's asking that question, to be honest. Um, it has been quiet really since the announcement that, um, you know, when they put out the statement saying they were, you know, going to put at least part of the franchise up for sale. I mean, it's never even been confirmed that it would be the entire franchise. Um, and it's been very quiet, uh, you know, from, from owners who are not, um, most for the most part, not being kept informed of what's going on. I think everybody's just sort of waiting to see um, what's going to develop. You know, at their last owners meeting, which was, uh, you know, like the week before Christmas, um, there definitely was a feeling that people didn't want to rock the boat, you know, just sort of let it play out. If, if he was, if the Snyders were looking to sell, just let that play out, let them go through the steps there. Um, they didn't sort of want to do anything to sort of, throw things off course. It's obviously been a very tumultuous last few years with that organization um, and with the various investigations. The NFL still has an investigation that's open going on. Um, and certainly that is, is quiet. And I would not expect that we're going to hear anything about that um, until there's some resolution on a sale one way or another. So, Judy, the point you just touched on, I've got all sorts of conspiracy theories running through my brain, but I'll just I'll simple, simply say <laughs> one thing, and then I want your reaction to it. I think this is all strategic from, from Snyder. I think people are leaving him alone. I think that's what this is all about more than anything else, maybe just to buy him some time. I think the whole thing is just a, is him playing chess. I think it's a bit of a sham, and I think he's playing us all. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Just tell me why I'm crazy. 
well, I'm not going to tell you you're crazy, um, but I, I don't think so. I mean, they they did hire bankers, you know, to to seek out buyers. I, I think um, these are gigantic transactions, and um, you know, the, the people who are going to bid or would be interested in bidding have to really think about what the price is going to be. Um, you know, and, and if you want to get into this, this sale in particular, you know, comes with the obvious stadium issue, right? I mean, you would want to build a new stadium. The fact that there's no no viable option right now on a stadium sort of complicates this. So whoever buys it, if if it's going to be sold in full, whoever buys it has to know that they are going to have to also put down an enormous amount of money to construct a stadium and get approval to construct a stadium, you know, somewhere in the region. So I think this is a complicated one. Um, and it's going to be an expensive one. We all know that. I mean, we just saw what the Denver Broncos sold for, and the Denver Broncos are a great franchise, and they sort of own that Mountain West region. But, I mean, you know, a franchise in Washington, D.C. is special, and this is one of the special franchises in NFL history. So this is going to cost a pretty penny. Um, so these things don't necessarily move fast. I, I'd be surprised if this were just a sham, to be honest. NFL.com is where you can read Judy's work, and you can watch Judy Batista on NFL Network. Speaking of things that are not moving quickly, the coaching cycle this time around <laughs> is dragging. We were just talking about that, actually. <laughs> it's, like, wow. It is <laughs> crazy, but we finally got a hiring today. Frank Reich, right. who was fired midseason by the Colts, is the first guy to get a job, and he's going to Carolina. What do you think of that fit, Reich to the Panthers? I actually think it's a really good fit because the obvious issue with the Panthers is they don't have a quarterback. They've had a revolving door at quarterback. And so I, I, with all due respect to the job that Steve Wilkes did, and he did a tremendous job as the interim, I, I always thought that it was likely that David Tepper, the owner, was going to look for an offensive guy um, and, and the guy who has experience with quarterbacks, developing quarterbacks, coaching quarterbacks. And, and, and I, I always expected that he would go with someone with prior head coaching experience because, you know, the, the Matt Rule experiment was sort of exciting in the beginning but didn't work out. So then I thought he would go the opposite direction. Um, so I actually think this is a, a good fit. I mean, he is, you know, despite the way things, um, you know, sort of crushed and burned in, in Indianapolis, he is a very respected offensive mind who has worked with a lot of quarterbacks. And so – um, I, I think this is a good fit for what they need. And I mean, obviously, the thing they need most of all is they have to find a long-term answer, a quarterback. Judy Batista with pick number nine. So, I mean, you would, you know, there's going to be an opportunity there, you would think, in the draft. Didn't mean to cut you off there, Judy. Sorry about that. Judy Batista Sorry. with us here on Grant and Danny. Uh, Grant and I were kicking this around yesterday, and, and I actually would love to get your opinion on it. The other vacancies, because you said you guys were just talking about this, how it's taken so long, and now Frank Reich kind of you know starts to settle some things with one of the jobs. But how much is it that maybe candidates are aware these are not great situations? How much is the Sean Payton sort of looming factor in all this as to why we haven't seen more traction and movement in some of these vacancies? What do you think? Well, I also think, remember, the NFL has put some rules in to try to slow things down a little bit. Um, you know, rules about, like, the first interview has to be virtual, and then you can't, you know, if your team is still going, you can't interview them, you know, in person until. So I, the league has tried to slow the process down to, to give an opportunity to guys whose teams are still going. You know, for years, they sort of got passed over because owners – just wanted to hire somebody really fast and didn't wait. You know, if you were the defensive coordinator of the team that was going to the Super Bowl, 
you know, you, you missed out on your opportunity because the owners were so impatient. So the league tried to put the brakes on it, and maybe that's part of it. I think you're right. I mean, these jobs, first of all, there's only there were only five openings. Now there's only four, so that's not that many by NFL standards. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, all of these jobs, as you would expect since they got rid of their coaches, have issues, significant issues in some cases. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I do think that that slows things down. I think, you know, Sean Payton d- took a lot of interviews, did the interviews, but it, uh, there doesn't seem to be a fit for him right now or a, a fit that you would think he would be interested in. And so I would expect right now, I think he's, it's probably more likely than not that he goes back to television for another year. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think that um, the, the slow part of it, I think also, you know, the Denver job, I think is perceived as the most attractive because you do have, I mean, Russell Wilson is there. And so if you believe that he is fixable, that's a pretty attractive job and the rest of the roster is pretty good. And there's a lot of money to be spent there. Um, But, you know, that's new ownership. And so they may be taking their time. I mean, they've never hired an NFL coach before, so they could very well be taking their time um, in that it, it has been striking. I mean, it's been two and a half weeks since the final game of the regular season. This is a long time. Um, before hires start. But you always, what seems to happen in the NFL is once there's one hire, then the dominoes seem to fall pretty quickly. So we'll see now if in the next few days we get a few more. Judy Batista with us. Let's preview these championship games coming up on Sunday. We are right under 72 hours away from kickoff now <laughs> for the 49ers and the Eagles, the winners going to the Super Bowl and winning an NFC title. San Francisco on the road, led by Brock Purdy, who has been magnificent. He's got a great situation around him. But the Eagles, and I'll raise my hand here, Judy, I think a lot of us kind of slept on coming into the playoffs. They got the bye. They didn't look great in December. Hertz had been hurt and hadn't played a whole lot. And then they destroyed the Giants. What's your feel on this matchup? Well, I agree with you. I think the fact that we didn't see a full-strength Eagles team for like the last month of the regular season, you know, when Hertz got hurt, and you know, he's on the bench. And so I think we sort of forgot how dominant they are I mean they and then of course they just blew the doors off the Giants who had just blown the doors off the Vikings I I don't know what that says about the Vikings but that's a separate story um I I think that you know the Eagles looked so well-rounded so complete um uh, you know I I think uh, I think they are the team to to beat in the NFC I I you know and that's not a reflection I the Niners are outstanding um and Brock Purdy has been excellent they don't want Brock Purdy to have to win his game. I mean, Kyle Shanahan wants to be able to run the ball. That's what he wants to do anyway, no matter who the quarterback is, but especially when you've got a rookie quarterback going into Philadelphia with the NFC Championship on the line. They want to be able to run the ball. Um, you know, that's, that's you know, I mean, the, the Eagles' run defense is sort of middle of the pack, but, I mean, the, the Eagles are such an explosive offense, such a good defense. Uh, you know, it's this is a this is an uphill climb for the 49ers. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Let's put it that way. NFL Network's Judy Batista with us here on Grant and Danny. Um, for Philadelphia, it, it, I'm old enough to remember when they benched Jalen Hurts at halftime to make sure they could play <laughs> Nate Sudfeld so Washington could win a game. To like you know, it was meaningless for Philadelphia. It was important for Washington. Doug Peterson gets blown out a couple weeks later, and now here they are a juggernaut. 
we, sometimes a football game happens, but you know, Rubes like me need to ascribe meaning to, to to things. What would it mean in the second year of Nick Sirianni, just sort of beginning this program uh, with Howie Roseman and company that have kind of built here, that they'd be that successful that quickly? If they go to a Super Bowl, what would that mean? Yeah, I mean, kudos to Nick Sirianni and kudos to Jalen Hurts. Let's be honest. I mean, this is an entirely different quarterback than the quarterback we watched last year at this time. I mean, he is, think of what they look like in that playoff game, right? They sort of snuck into the playoffs last year and then looked completely like they should not have been there at all. Um, he, his development is just, um, is one of the great stories of the year and credit to him, credit to Sirianni. Look, credit to Howie Roseman, who is the executive of the year um, for the roster he has put together. This is, they, they have like, Good luck finding a weakness. Like, what is the weakness on that team? Um, you know, they 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 are they have the best record in the NFL for a reason. Let's put it that way. They're the they're the best team. Over in the AFC, we got ourselves some blue blood quarterbacks going head to head. Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, the last two QBs standing. But really, you look at these rosters and the Chiefs' defense for much of the year, certainly early on, better than it got credit for. Cincinnati's defense under Luana Romo has been. Tremendous as well. Uh, this, the Bengals continue to be second fiddle to the Chiefs and the Bills, even though they keep beating them. I, I wonder when that would end. Maybe this weekend if they can well, get one yeah. more win. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, they've they've won three in a row over the Chiefs, right? It's pretty close already to saying that the Bengals are ahead of them. Um, I mean, look, the only question I have about this game is what's, what is really the condition of Patrick Mahone's ankle going to be? Because we've sort of seen him walking around in practice the last few days, and he's at press conferences saying he feels great. But obviously, walking around in practice and standing at press conferences is not the same as playing a football game, and especially his ability to move. Um, you know, they've done a good job, They, meaning the Bengals have done a really good job on, on handling Mahomes' anyway, under the best of circumstances. And these are obviously not the best of circumstances for Mahomes. So I'm really curious to see, first of all, how impaired he is. On the other side, I'm curious to see, can the Bengals' offensive line hold up again? They were a a big surprise against the Bills. Three starting offensive linemen down. You think, "Uh uh-oh, you know, this is, Burrow's going to get mangled here. Not at all. They were fantastic. They they were great run blocking. Um, So I want to see, can they hold up against, you know, Chris Jones and, uh, and those guys, um, this is, I, this should be a classic. If, if Mahomes can function, this should be a classic high flying game, is, I, which I hope is what it is. You is know, it, I hope Mahomes is something close to what he can be. Is there any way Mahomes, by the way, doesn't win the MVP award? The finalists all came out in all these awards yeah. yesterday. I don't think I know. I think he's the MVP. I don't think there's any question. Look, I mean, his numbers are, are great. I think we almost take him for granted. I, I, like, I think we take his greatness for granted. Like, we've gotten so used to it that you don't realize. Like, he did this without Tyreek Hill. Like, remember we came into the season thinking, like, oh, what's this offense going to be like without Tyreek Hill? He's the most explosive player in the game. Like, you know, and I was basically like, yeah, okay, well, Patrick will take care of it. Don't worry about it. So um, I, I think we just take for granted how great Patrick Mahomes is. He is extraordinary and he'll be the MVP this year and he'll probably win several more before he's done playing. Judy, take this wherever you want. I, the beholder here, what's the most fun Super Bowl matchup? 
Ooh, that's a good question. Well, I mean, I think a whole lot of us would love to see Andy versus the Eagles, right? Andy Reid versus uh, his old franchise. That would be that would be a lot of fun storylines. Um, I, I would personally like to see the Bengals, uh, you know, in the Super Bowl um, against the old the Bengals 49ers game. That would be a reprise of the Super Bowl. So I, I this is I think the Final Four give us a lot of potential good matchups. I. I mean, I think probably Andy versus the Eagles would be the the most interesting, but um, I, I sort of think the Bengals are the hottest team right now in there, so I would not be surprised to see the Bengals make it to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl right now. Judy Batista, Judy Batista NFL.com, NFL Network, inside the NFL. We'll be tracking all your work throughout the postseason. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you guys. Take care. Thank Great you. having you, you on. Too. There's Judy Batista on Grant and Danny. We can revisit what she said about Dan Snyder coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, Real quick, I got a tweet from someone while we were talking about the coaching carousel here. You can hit us up on social media, at Grant H. Paulson, at Funny Danny. I thought this was an interesting point. Uh, He says, Delta says, NFL has run out of hot offensive candidates. They're literally firing too many coaches. Now, I don't know that it's true to say that you've run out of hot offensive candidates, but I think there is a conversation to be had. Are they replenishing quickly enough with how quickly guys get fired. I think that's a great point. This year it's only five. That's yeah. nothing. Normally it's seven, eight, nine coach vacancies. I mean, there were, going into last year, 10 of 32 coaches in the league, so less than a third of the league, had held their job for longer than three years going into this past season. Belichick, Tomlin, Harbaugh, 22, 15, and 14 years respectively. Carroll in Seattle for 12. Reed's been with the Chiefs for nine. And then the drop-off, McVay was the the sixth longest tenured coach in the NFL. Like, that's crazy to think about at five years. Then you had uh, Sean McDermott at five years, Kyle Shanahan tied for being the longest tenured coach outside of the Belichick, Tomlin, Harbaugh, Reed, Carroll group. And guys like Frank Reich, who's been fired at four years, were next. So now you're down to nine of 32 coaches who have had their job for four seasons, basically. Is there enough of the up-and-coming star young talent? There's not going to be a D'Amico Ryans every single year, right? So if you're trying to fill six on average, maybe seven vacancies a year, are there always six or seven really deserving great young coordinators? I think that's a fair question. I think it's a great question. So I think we went through this super rapid Anybody that was on Sean McVay's staff, anybody that was, I guess, here at one point with with Kyle Shanahan and company was getting a gig. There are still some hot young offensive coordinators. So I just top of my head, Ken Dorsey uh, is a guy that's probably going to get just some, he works some looks for the Bills. Cause, yeah, because seriously, that's all it was. I mean, people, other people's bona fides were, were you involved in the great offense? Pick him up, you yeah. know. And sometimes you get the Nathaniel Hackett situation. Ben where, Johnson in yeah. Detroit, Johnson in Detroit, Kafka and Philly. Those are the big names now. Yeah. So there are always going to be enough of them for for some some excitement. What but happened I, to Bienemy, by the way? Well, I don't know. You don't even hear his name anymore. Somebody, I think the Colts did an interview with him, right? And they were very public about that because now everybody tweets every interview candidate. I don't know. I, I so I don't I don't think we're out of hot young head coaching candidates from the offensive side of the ball. But I do think we went so fast, so light speed that maybe there's now a bit of a correction, right? Enough Hackett's happened, enough McDaniels happened, enough you know guys that maybe aren't quite it. The Matt Nagy probably wasn't great in Chicago. Enough of those guys aren't really superstars, and it's not automatic that you get up Zach Taylor, uh, a Lafleur, or somebody else. So I think there's maybe a bit more reticence. I just think your point yesterday, I think, is the most salient one. I think these jobs suck, and everybody knows it. 
it's a death sentence. If you try to be a head coach at one of those spots, you're doomed, and it may tarnish your reputation for here, heretofore. Yeah, I think this year for sure the jobs are not that good, and that's part of what we're seeing. But I, I do also wonder just moving forward if we've seen the extreme end of how quickly you're able or want to move on from people. You know, this year is an example. Nathaniel Hackett fired after one season, and this has happened a handful of times over the last few years. You think about Steve Wilkes, some of the other recent. It used to be once every 10 years, 12 years that happened with a guy like Marty Schottenheimer because an owner went flew off the handle or there was a big fight behind the scenes or something. Now it's semi-regular. You know, people wanted Josh McDaniels fired six games into the season in Vegas. And it's it is getting crazy how fast teams move on from these coaches in a league where I think we all believe you can you can get better quickly and and that's the expectation obviously when they get hired. Uh, Danny's getting nervous by how quiet things are on the Snyder front. I still don't really worry about what's being reported because I've gotten to a point where I I view it as game set match. It's over. He's selling. Want to take your temperature on that and see where you weigh in. Uh, we'll get to that next on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. I think this is a complicated one, um, and it's going to be an expensive one. We all know that. I mean, we just saw what the Denver Broncos sold for, and the Denver Broncos are a great franchise, and they sort of own that Mountain West region. But, I mean, you know, a franchise in Washington, D.C. is special, and this is one of the special franchises in NFL history. So this is going to cost a pretty penny. Um, so these things don't necessarily move fast. I, I'd be surprised if this sport just a sham, to be honest. That's Judy Batista, who just joined us on Grant and Danny. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to The Fan. Double play comes your way in a little over 15 minutes at 345, and then a half hour at 4 o'clock ahead of the Beltway Blitz when we cover the teams in town you care the most about, including the Wizards, who got a fourth straight win last night with James Posey, one of their assistant coaches. Remember when James Posey was a baller? Yes. Yes, I, I when do. When I was growing up, that dude was always like, he wore a headband right above his eyebrows, and he would just pour in 16 points every single night for a random team every other week. 3 and D before it was cool. I, and I, I'm i going to bring this up. At the George Washington University, where I attended college, as you know, we had no answer for that gentleman when he was at Xavier. Good good schemes, good designs. That sounds great. He's going to get his. Please and thank you. That dude was nasty. James Posey, the Wizards coaching staff on our Beltway Blitz to talk about the big win last night. Kyle Kuzma was outstanding late as they came back to beat the Rockets. So I'm looking forward to that. But at 4 o'clock and 30 minutes ahead of the Blitz, we're giving away a four-pack of passes to go to the D.C. Auto Show over at the Convention Center. They'll be going through the weekend. So make sure you are listening to the show coming up right at 4 o'clock when we kick off our Blitz segment. Uh, But you just heard the comments from Judy Batista there, and it it just gives us a chance to reset on Dan Snyder, kind of a a quick temperature taking as a show, because you and I have have kind of taken divergent paths a little bit here. Yeah. I think that the silence is perfectly fine and all part of the process. I've gotten to a point, and I could end up being very wrong on this, where I just, he's going to sell as far as I'm concerned. I don't really know the timing of it. I'm expecting it to be before training camp. I'll be surprised if he's still the owner when the team reports to camp. I'll be very surprised, in fact. But he's going to sell for sure, and I think it'll be this offseason. And I'm not overly concerned, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. I know 
kind of the more quiet there is, the more you think it works in his favor to not sell. Yeah, I, I, the way... So, Judy, in, in in the longer part of the answer or that sort of led me to that question was basically saying, yeah, not much is happening right now. In other words, he's not catching the flack. He's not at the owners' meetings, and he hasn't been for some time. He's not getting grilled by the other owners. He's not getting pressured here and there because everybody's just kind of sitting back and letting this play out, quote-unquote. And if you assume, as many have, and hopefully you guys are right, by the way, that that's all this is, is the, the sale process is going forward, then there's nothing to see here. But if you're like me and you're starting to connect some of these dots, you go, he's kind of getting away with it. Like, this looks like a really smart masterstroke, a great plan just to buy himself some time. To what end, I don't know. But I, I do know that everybody that's spoken about him, who's had contact with him, always believes he thinks he's the shrewdest guy. He thinks he's a step ahead. He thinks he is smart where everyone else is dumb and wants to win negotiations and won't be put in a corner and, you know, it, it doesn't really back down easily. And I've got a, you know, we've got a pretty good track record there that, that sort of says that, right? Some very petty actions from a very small man. And so my theory, sort of just to, to do it very quickly and just to kind of give you the, the the lay of the land here as to why I'm not sure, I don't know what to make of the silence. To me, he figured out that if he goes through the motions of hiring a bank to, to get sales and all this other kind of stuff, if he goes through that, he's under no obligation, but people will leave him alone. Stories come and go. The House Oversight Committee report comes out. Nobody cares because everybody thinks he's selling. And we hear about the guy each week that's going to be the leading candidate. Todd Bowley's out. Jeff Bezos hasn't bid. Josh Harris hasn't officially bid yet. I think all of that stuff comes from the side of the bank and of Snyder and whomever to gin up the value for this thing. Again, he's under no obligation. We I've... haven't really had a, a truly legitimate report, though, of a quote-unquote front runner. We have had local reporters in town say things like, Familiarize yourself with, yes. or here's a name of someone who's interested, mm -hmm. which is fine. But no one's come out and said, expect this guy to buy the team. That that we were talking about earlier, right? One of my pet peeves: reporting versus suggesting, reporting versus what you're hearing. Right? There has not been a report that that this guy is going to buy the team. I I just keep going back to, and maybe where we go separate ways a little bit, and we'll see what happens, but. All the evidence, as circumstantial as it might be at this point, I know you haven't found your smoking gun that you want. Like You're looking for the receipt that places you at the store, basically, and maybe you haven't gotten that. Everything points to he is going to sell. And by the way, our buddy Dan Snyder's delayed yacht tracker, which mm -hmm. is funny, uh, just tweeted us, and he said that both of the Jets have been in London since January 13th and 10th, respectively. Wow. Uh, this is Dan and Tanya's Jets. Uh, remember, he says he lives in London now. His and hers. Both of his planes are there. Looks like Danny Boy has left the DMV. He says, good job, everyone. Uh, he claims, let's see. I cite this as evidence he is done with the team in the Washington area. That's a pretty big leap, I would say. But his Jets have both been there in mid-January. And look, we're all hearing stuff all the time. If, I, if every time I got a Dan Snyder nugget, I just set it on the air, we would only do that That's on the show. That's all we would do. Yeah. Like, I, I get a lot of that. My most recent one I heard involved that his his son is leaving App, App State where he plays football or is on the football team so that he can go work with him in London. You know, that, that that's like something I was told from someone who's got a contact somewhere. And, and the point is, we, we get these all the time, or, or at least I don't know if everyone else is, but I've got people constantly hitting me up. And, you know, some of them I'll pass along because they're interesting. And some of them I'll just say, that makes no sense. But. There seems to be, if you're just reading tea leaves, a lot of momentum toward 
this guy's definitely selling. Certainly. And I, I, I guess the, the distinction that I draw between the report is this fill-in-the-blank person is most likely to get this done versus keep an eye on this. I think keep an eye on this comes from the Snyder side. So with, I'm not blaming Scott Abraham, for example. I'm just giving this – here's the timeline. Scott you a- think that the Snyders told Scott Abraham? Not Snyder specifically, but somebody close enough where the word gets flushed. Here's what I think happened. Whether it's someone from Bank of America or someone with knowledge of this, that, and the other thing says, hey, man, Todd Bowley, look out for that well, name. Why wouldn't it just be someone with Todd Bowley saying that? Well, because Todd Bowley dropped out 24 hours later. Right, but that doesn't mean that someone with Todd Bowley wasn't – Someone with it, Todd Bowley is like he's, he's getting ready to do it, and then he – withdraws his offer had you ever heard of Todd Bowley before that I hadn't now I know who he is no the way it makes sense to me is someone from Snyder's side does it get to know Todd Bowley Todd Bowley's like what are you talking about and then he realizes the whole thing's a sham and he bounces that's what it looks like to me Jeff Bezos hasn't made a bid but everybody keeps bringing up Bezos that's coming from somewhere it's coming from the bank that's desperate to have more and more people involved but Snyder doesn't really have many people that talk to many media members I will say his attorney I think has a couple of guys in town that he pushes things to that get a lot of Snyder stuff and, and a couple of people out of town. But I think by and large, he, like he, he can get the word out that he wants. Pe- people which get he does. random nuggets from random places. You know what I'm sure. saying? Like I, I would. So whether he's I the one whispering to say to- Dan Snyder's camp is floating all these names, but if they are floating names, they're doing it for a reason, by the way, right. which the- would be to drum up even more interest and, and a, a bigger price tag, which would still speak to him selling. I think. 800-636-1067. Let's go to Steve in Woodbridge. What's up, Steve? Hey, I think Snyder's definitely selling. He hasn't been at the owners' meetings for a long time because nobody likes him. How do you think he feels going into a room where he knows they don't like him? They, he knows they're not going to give him money for a stadium. He knows D.C., Maryland, Virginia aren't going to give him a stadium. He's got to get out just for his own mental health. And I think that's part of the reason why he left the country. He's not wired I mean, like you and I are, though, like a normal human being. He knows they don't like him. He, now he didn't have to face it. So he doesn't have to go to the owner's meetings, right? He's letting D- D- Tanya do it. Nobody's going to be mean to Tanya. Like, I understand what you're saying. We, we're putting rational thoughts on, and now we're just sort of back to having the same debate that we always seem to have. I guess I, I want to fo- put it back on the, the, the silent will, part will of this. Will you admit, though, that you're arguing against all of the evidence? My point is everybody – no, I, I, I'll say it slightly differently. Maybe it's six way, six of one, half dozen of the other. I'm saying, hey, the pieces fit for this is not done. Pieces fit well, for – Of course it's not done. Pieces fit for this tyrant to basically force these guys, the other owners, to vote him out. Like, pieces fit for that too, but everyone – I hired the bank, and everyone's just sprinting to the end because that's what they want. That's what I see. I, I think there's Understood. just as valid a case that an irrational actor is going to act irrationally. I think that's every bit on the table the same way that, that's ah, done. I don't want to hear about it. It's over. I think that's fair. I guess for all I'm saying is, though, I think you're, like, you're saying people are coming from the place of maybe rationalizing for the irrational. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to say is I think you're working back from like, oh, it'd be too good to be true. This guy will never sell the team, essentially. Or some part of your initial feeling is that Dan Snyder is not going to sell the team. He would never do that. And that part I can't see anymore i certainly felt that way for a long time but he loved the redskins everything has changed over the last two years everything about this team that he once loved has changed Mm -hmm. all of the math is different now kevin's in arlington what's up kevin hey fellas yeah so danny i i don't want to discredit your point of view Uh, i think it has merit 
Um, it, this is what I think. I think he's as slick and all that as you fear and I fear and all of us fear and that he would love to get out of having to sell it. Um, and I, I think he's even going to consider playing chicken on that. But if he does, I think the owners for two reasons. One, they want the new stadium. And two, they don't want to deal with this guy anymore. I believe they will come up with the nuclear option 24 votes to send his butt out of town. And I don't think Dan wants to lose out on the, the income potential he would have. Um, it, it would be less of a, quote-unquote, distressed sale if he does this now. So uh, maybe I'm crazy, but at this point, I think it's more likely that the learners don't sell than the Snyders. <laughs> oh, way more likely. Wow. I mean, you want to play that game? I would say it's way more likely. I would say at this point I'm not expecting the learners to sell, certainly before this baseball how about, season. How about that announcement, by the way, when that comes? Like they do the Artie Moreno press release for the learners? I, I, there's already a report <laughs> yeah. out from the Post saying that they were going to do some kind of minority sale initially or something now. But yeah, I, I think that's a good way to, to put it if you're contextualizing with another team in town. But the, the Kevin said one thing that I, that I think is, is the end game here. I think Dan is basically going to play chicken with the other owners. I do think he gets removed ultimately, but I think the owners are going to have to do the thing they don't want to do which is to sit in a room and raise their hands and vote. That's the thing they want to avoid, and he's going to make them do it. That's how I've always felt. I, I could be wrong, but I don't see it that way. So I, I we'll see how it plays out. I mean, I'm not telling you. like It's two opinions. You could totally be right. I just see it completely differently. I don't think it'll ever come down to the other owners. I do think that that is the detonator switch mm-hmm. if they need it, that they've got that in their back pocket, and they would act on that. So one of the things that gives me – confidence or comfort, whichever you prefer, <laughs> that he's going to sell ultimately, is that if need be, the other owners will force him out. But you know how I've I've said this for a while. To me, this is about money. This is not about the other owners. This is about him getting $6 billion for a thing that has changed that he doesn't love as much as he once did. I mean, there's so many things we can't account for. We have no idea about True. how he feels about uh, the, the, the name change. I mean, we don't know anything about this guy. We really don't. Frank. We don't know what his marriage is like right now, if him and his wife are still... We know nothing about them. And it's not our job to speculate, but I, I just... All I can do is... I get you're saying it's dangerous to read the tea leaves, but that's all, all I can do. I, I don't I don't know how he thinks. I don't know anything about him. I just see all the things and the, the, the stars aligning, and I got to follow him. And maybe I'll follow him right into a booby trap, <laughs> like I'm in the Goonies or something. Double play at 345. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. Beltway Blitz at the top of the hour at 4. We're giving away a four-pack of passes to go to the DC Auto Show. By the way, Ryan, have you ever seen the movie The Goonies? What do you know about the movie The Goonies? Oh, I've seen it, and I love it. boy. I would have lost a couple bucks on Unexpected. that. Unexpected. Rocky Chunk. Road Ice Cream, baby. Rocky Road Ice Cream. Chunk. Love. Sloth. Hey, you guys. Grant and Danny on the fan. Wednesday, biggest rivalry, best rivalry, D.C. sports renewed tonight. I'm thinking the lines are going to look something like this. Oshie back in the lineup, sounds like. Okay. Top line with Ovi and Stromer. Kind of get steamed up for that. Going to get an Anthony Mantic cameo in the top six again. He's been parked a bunch. They got to get him going. 
I'm starting to think if they could get someone to take on that contract, it would make a lot of sense to trade, but he's owed another almost $6 million next year. I don't know who's going to take that on. It's one of those things where how long do we wait? I just, but but it's honestly, I don't even think it's about whether or not they'd pref- be okay with moving him. It's can you get someone to take that contract? Like mm. you, you may not get, they want defensive help, right? They want someone to help on the blue line. Can you get someone to take on the contract and give you something back? Probably not. So it just gets complicated, but he's going to skate tonight, presumably with uh, Kuznetsov and Connor Sherry. And then they'll have Backstrom with Mojo and maybe, who would be on that third line? Maybe it'll be, uh, Maybe Sonny? I'm not sure it would complete the third line. Uh, and then I saw the fourth line was centered by Eller and probably has Hathaway and maybe Abe Cabell, something like that. Get soon. Get better soon, Nick Dowd. I almost said get but, soon better, which is not the way you turn that phrase. You say get better soon. Get soon better. Maybe Sonny Milano on the third line. There but I'll go. be curious to see how they do things tonight against the Penguins. They got to get themselves a couple points. They got to get a few wins stashed here before their little mini break because they got a brutal schedule on the other side where they play. I think five times in eight nights or something like that. It is time for our double play. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. So, Jeeps, lately, as you know, we've been watching Yellowstone in the Ruye House. Well, we're up to date. We watched all the episodes. The show is awesome, by the way. Heavy buy recommendation. It kicks all kinds of ass. It's really, really good, really entertaining. Different than almost anything else on television, right? So you should totally watch it. Here's the rub. So the wife has not really been into watching any of the other shows that are out there. So I consume a ton of Netflix, whether it's where I'm, whether I'm working out, during me time. Uh, we use Amazon Prime a, a ton. We haven't watched anything on Apple TV for five or six months. We're still paying for it, et cetera, right? Just it's kind of where we're at. So she's into this Yellowstone world now and is all excited about it and loves it. So the shows, we have no more episodes to watch. So there are a couple prequels out there by the same folks that did Yellowstone. 1883. And 1923. Somehow we were able to watch Yellowstone on our regular cable. I, I just I looked it up and it said, you want to watch this for free? I was like, yeah, of course I do. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Watch all the episodes. Well, these other ones, you got to pay. She's like, oh, it's a big deal. It's just 20 bucks. I'm like, it's not, though. It's not just 20 bucks. Technically, it is. That's how much it costs. But it's not just 20 bucks. It's 20 bucks and the principal. We have so many shows we can watch. We have so many streaming services. We have cable that we pay way too much for. We have the Netflix. We have the Prime. We have the Apple TV. We have uh, other services I can't even remember. We have so hundreds and hundreds of incredibly well-crafted bits of entertainment. Everything from documentaries to comedies to silly shows. Anything under the sun. It's not just about the 20 bucks. It's about the fact that we already pay so much. Let's please use the thing we pay for. So what do you think we did last night? I think you got a new app. Yeah, we got a new app, and I sat there and stewed about it. And I sat there silently irritating. What's the new app? Which one was it? Paramount Plus. So you did break down. Oh, of course Paramount we did, yeah. Plus. Now, instead of paying 22 bucks for the season, I paid for the first month. So it's four ninety nine. Instead of paying 22 bucks just drop for all the episodes. But I'm sure we'll have it forever now. So my thought is always, I'm going to get this. I'll pay the month, five bucks, whatever. You get probably two weeks free. Because like I did this for Ted Lasso. Yeah. Really wanted to watch Ted Lasso on Apple. Everyone was talking about how great it was. So I get Apple based on having, it's like a free for two weeks, I think it was. Mm-hmm. and then But when you sign up, you already got to give the credit card. Sure. So it automatically starts. 
So I said, I got two weeks to finish this. Well, it took a little over two weeks. Not much. We crushed it, but no it took problem, a little over right? two weeks. Do I still have Apple or I don't? No, you definitely canceled it, right? I still have Apple. You still have it, yeah. And I still have Apple because after that I said, well, I've wanted to watch Morning Show. This is the show with Steve Carell and Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston. Aniston. And I thought that was really, really good. And then we started watching one other show, which I think we finished. I haven't watched it now. Apple as an entity is... I'm sure there are other great shows that I should check out. And if you know of one, you can tweet me at Grant H. Paulson. I don't think I've watched Apple TV on my smart TV little apps thing. I haven't gone there in months. Am I going to get rid of it, though? No, because there is a Ted Lasso coming out. Pretty sure this summer is when the whole thing It's a couple months end. away. You're going to be paying for it the entire time until that show comes out. Right. But then even after it ends, this is the third and final season. Am I going to get rid of Apple? Probably not. Number one... I don't think about it. It's out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. So it's five bucks. Problem is five bucks over a couple years does add up, right? The other thing is it is difficult to cancel this stuff. Like there are companies that exist just to help you cancel things because it's not as simple as like my wife will say, well, just cancel it. But it's not a one button, then I can cancel it. It's not unsubscribing from an email. You, you go to a site, you try to find how you unsubscribe, then you have to do this, then you have to do this and it's just a lot of things. It's a lot of stuff. Purposefully designed like Washington, D.C. to lose you. Let's all talk about how great it is to drive around Washington, D.C. It's so awesome. Designed so that people couldn't find the White House. And and these apps are designed so that you get in, but you can't get back out. Most of them. I agree with everything you just said. Except that you love driving in D.C. I uh, No, because it, it makes sense. It's great. It's incredibly frustrating to try to cancel things. The that's That's on my just list. Where someone says just and then fill in the blank something, it sounds very easy. Just cancel it. No. No. Go through the arduous and hellacious process of attempting to cancel it, fail miserably seven times, break something, then maybe get some help from your brother-in-law. If you said that, I'd be fine with it. But when you tell me just and then wave your hand at me as if it's just take a step forward, inhale, exhale, as long as we acknowledge it's not that simple, I can be okay. My quick double play, I saw A Man Called Otto. This is the film oh, Tom that Hanks. stars Tom Hanks, who's a great actor. And it's really good. Uh, my wife read the book. A Man Called Ove, I think, was the name of the book. They tweaked a couple things, changed it. No longer set in Sweden or wherever it was set in the book. It's now in Pittsburgh. Uh, but it was really good. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It'll make you feel a lot. A Man Called Otto, Tom Hanks. I liked it. One of these movies where you look it up on Rotten Tomatoes and the critics all hated it, but yet everyone who's seen it seems to really enjoy it. So I'm not sure what they didn't like about it or why it wasn't a good movie, critically speaking. But I watched it. I felt a lot of emotions, and uh, I enjoyed myself. So A Man Called Otto, worth your time. Beltway Blitz at the top of the hour. We're giving away those tickets to the DC Auto Show right here on Grant and Danny. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.